What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Chances. I am your host, Chance Canary. How we doing? Hope you guys are all right. Well, on the island this week, guys, it's been a little bit of crazy. Been going through a little bit of a little chaos. Uncle Murphy's been playing some games, but we got some housekeeping business. You guys know the rules of the island. First off, there is no rules, but with that being said, this is a place where everyone and anything is welcome. No topics are off limits, but your feelings are so far from safe, and there is only one rule, truthfully, and that is that the American dream remains supreme. And that's not even really a rule, it's just like a way of life, right? As you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is to help spread peace, love, and positivity and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And and with that being said, I want to kind of address a stigma that I've been dealing with a lot lately, especially since I started this podcast. And it's going to sound really bad, but I want you guys to understand that I am extremely, extremely grateful. Like, my levels of gratitude are immense. But with that level of gratitude, it's going to sound like I'm gratefully ungrateful. I don't know if that's going to make any sense, but I'm going to try and explain myself and and kind of spin this all into a, um, a concept that's easier to grasp. So the amount of outreach that I've had is unreal. You know, people telling me I'm inspiring, I'm motivating, and they wish they could be like me. And, you know, first off, you don't want to be like me. You might want to do some of the cool stuff I do, but I promise you, you don't want to go through the fires that I've had to go through to get here. But sometimes that's necessary, and that's exactly what I want to address. You know, people have come up to me, and it's an ultimate compliment when somebody's like, man, is there anything this kid can't do? Or this guy, or, you know, with anybody in life, whether it's an athlete or an artist or a musician, you know, anytime someone makes the comment, there's nothing they can't do. There's nothing they can't play. There's not a sport they can't do. You're, in a sense, actually immediately discounting all the hard work they did to get there. Like, let that sink in. Like, imagine someone instantaneously saying, you know, that person always passes the every test, but they never see your home life. They never see you, you know, if you're, if you're a student listening to this, I don't care if you're 10 or 20, you know, 30, 40, I don't care what point you are in your life. Like people don't see what happens outside of the day to day. So if you're a high, if you're in grade school, high school, college, whatever, the people that don't see you during that class period or once that bell rings or whenever you're not with them, they automatically assume you're doing the same things they are. They don't understand the fact that, you know, they know they should go home and study, but do they? And even if they do, are they actually putting in the work to get better? Instead of just blankly staring at a book, reading some lines, not comprehending what it is. Are they putting in the work to to go find the people to help decipher the hieroglyphics they need to comprehend? You see, guys, I've spent the last 10 years of my life or better trying to cultivate a life of a higher standard, a life of a higher value. Because since I was a kid, I knew I wanted nicer, bigger, better, faster, stronger things. My parents always used to tell me, Chance, you got a champagne taste, buddy. We got beer budget. And that's fine. But with that idea, concept, whatever you want to call it, I I knew from a very young age I was going to have to transition to a life of higher value to be able to afford some champagne every now and then. So as I grew older, I always found myself being interested in other things. 
right? I played the sports. I played the games. I did the things. But I was always, you know, the weird kid in the back of the room. Like, when I was growing up, I was interested in Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball Z and all this stuff. But we almost had to hide it, the group of us that was into that, because it wasn't the popular thing. Now Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and all this stuff's all the craze because people see the money that's behind it now. People see that, that society and culture has made it sexy. So now it's not weird to be interested into those things, and, and it's almost weird that if you're not. And there's a whole group of us now that are approaching our 30s who, to play off of a trendy thing going on right now, we're teenage dirtbags. We were the alternative emo kids. I was a skater alternative sports kid. You know, I've, I vividly remember getting made fun of for wearing skate shoes one summer. I wore, you know, I bounced between uh, some shoes called Circa, um, Etnies, and Vans, and I got made fun of for wearing skate shoes, and then the summer went by and Vans blew up. And then all of a sudden I come back to school that next year and everyone's got Vans on, and I quit wearing them because I got made fun of. You know, it's it's, nobody wants to know what the process is. Nobody wants to see what happens behind closed doors. Uh, Dan Pena, who's uh, a little bit of a rowdy old old man that has branded himself as the uh, man who's created the most billionaires in the world, has a, uh, a pretty funny statement that says, Everyone's, everyone wants to congratulate you for getting pregnant, but nobody knows how many times you got fucked. And that's, you know, language, whatever you want to call there, but... People don't understand that that's the same process for life. Very few people step out into society, whatever part of the world, and are just the best of the best. Does it happen? Sure. But nine times out of ten, those people that that, that, that happens to that just walk out and become the goats, right? They have been immersed in a skill set from the day they were born. They were being taught skills that they didn't even know they were being taught. It's like a kid that grows up with a really hot sister and her and the sister has a whole bunch of friends. That kid's around the hottest girls in the school from the time he's a kid. He's not going to grow up being scared of talking to those girls. He's going to know how to talk to those girls. That kid is going to be seen as somebody that has game from day one and people are just going to be like, man, he was born with it. You guys have no idea what kind of torture that kid went through. I guarantee you as a child that kid was made to be a Barbie doll for the sister and all her little cheerleading parties. They pinned him down, painted his toenails, you know, God only knows what else. But in that, he also learned how to make them laugh, how to get close, how to talk, how to act, see how they respond, and he didn't even know what he was learning. Likewise, a kid that's just out in the backyard sees, you know, somebody on TV juggling a soccer ball, and he just picks it up, and he learns how to get a light touch, starts juggling. Right, A kid playing baseball sees Randy Johnson smack a bird at 100 miles an hour or you know any other major league pitcher become the goat of their time, picks up a baseball and starts throwing it into, the, into a tire in the backyard. Starts from 5 foot, 10 foot, 20 foot, 30 foot, 40 foot, 50 foot, 60 foot. And then he starts to see how hard and how far he can throw and still hit that tire. I'll tell you what, if you can throw a baseball as hard as you can and hit the center of a tire from 60, 80 feet away, you're a stud. People that pick up a golf club and just start chipping golf balls in their front yard start doing the same thing. Try to land them in a five-gallon bucket. First time they step out on a golf course, they're going to already know ranges of irons from just screwing around in their yard and not knowing what they actually know. 
This can be applied to anything in life. Kids that grew up with go-kart tracks really close to them are inherently better drivers because they raced go-karts or played on go-karts. They learned skills that they didn't realize they were learning. They learned how to be defensive drivers, how to be aggressively defensive drivers. They're more alert. They're paying attention to what's going on around them. You know, we've got this society that perpetuates self-care, self-love, you know, constantly pursuing success and trying to be the best but at the same time they don't want you to do that they want they push this message of it's okay to be who you are and yeah it's okay to be who you are and I'm going to simultaneously say the same thing but what they mean and what I'm about to tell you are two drastically different things what they mean is accept the standard and by they I mean society this this machine of cultural grooming that is coming down on the world like a freaking plague. What they mean is body positivity. Oh, you're 300 pounds? That's fine. Just be happy with who you are. No. If you're overweight, it is your job and your obligation to be the best version of yourself. I can promise you, you can try and play the game that you're happy being overweight. You're happy with your body image, and you very well might be. I'm going to call bullshit nine out of ten times. But there is that one person who might be. People want to make excuses. Oh, I can't do that. I'm too old. Oh, I can't do that. I've got this handicap. Oh, I can't do that. I promise you there's someone who's had it worse who hasn't complained about it, who just buckled up and did what had to be done to become the better version of themselves. But those people have been taught to be humble. You guys remember back in episode one, I told you guys society is perpetuating this idea. It has been for a while. Anytime you start to get successful, people tell you be humble, but they don't even know that definition. To be humble means to hold yourself at a low self-esteem. Like, that is terrible. To hold oneself in low esteem is humility, is humble. Why would anybody want to be humble in that definition? Why would anybody want to hold themselves in low esteem? Humility is a great tool if used at the right time. Humility is a great tool to know that you're not the biggest, bestest, fastest, strongest person on the field. In the room, you know, if you find yourself being the biggest fish in the pond, go find a better pond. That's when humility needs to come in. Hey, check yourself. Realize you're not the biggest, bestest, fastest, strongest in the world. You might be in that room, so go find another room. I have a vast set of skills that are of high value because I've spent time, effort, energy, and money developing these skills. So to have somebody tell me, man, he can do everything, it's a great compliment. But it discounts a lot of what I did to get here. To have people say, if I could only do that, is like slaps you in the face because they just gave you praise for being the guy that got to a point where you could achieve that. But they don't think they can do it themselves. Guys, I'm nobody but someone who's too dumb to quit. I get an idea of something I think I might want to do and I can see how it would benefit me or someone I love or change a life for someone else. This podcast is an example of that. It is it is an embodiment of myself, a, a, a evolving creation as each episode goes. I'm tweaking things, making it better. I might make it worse. 
But that's life, right? You know, you look in the mirror one day and you might be happy with what you see. You look in the mirror the next day and you might not be. And in between those times, something happened. You got an idea of what you think you should be. You got a perception and an idea of what you think you might want to be. You know, today you might look in the mirror and you might be a little fluffy. You might have a little insulation on you. And then you realize you can be better. You see that person on that TV ad that's five days dehydrated with the perfect six-pack abs that has a headache so bad they could kill somebody, but they put a smile on their face because someone paid them 50 bucks. What they don't tell you is, is like I said, they're dehydrated for five days. They're thin, their skin is thin. They took special supplements or did a special routine to get to a TV-appropriate body. People discount the work but want the reward. You know, I don't remember where I heard it, but someone said if you want to shop without looking at the price tags, you got to work without looking at the clock. And that's some profound shit right there. There's this... For some reason... There's a situation where people are afraid to be themselves. And right now, bigger than anything, what's going on is we're, we're facing a global identity crisis because for too long, it has been pushed, you need to be this, you need to do that, you need to go to this school, you need this degree, you need this job to be successful, you need to be this athletic, this body type, this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. Otherwise, you don't fit in. And then society just flipped that on its head because a big enough group of people said no. But what people don't understand is, is I'm not saying it's right or wrong. You want to be 300 pounds, be 300 pounds. But make sure that's what you want. What I'm trying to tell you is, is don't be afraid to be 100% unapologetically you. And the problem with that statement is, people don't know who they are. Because for the last 10 years that I can see, society has been... Telling people to do this, that, or the other. It's never been cool to be yourself. I remember growing up, I wanted to, you know, fit in, quote-unquote. And I tried the, you know, the games. I tried to be that guy, you know, every now and then. And I always found myself trying to be somebody I wasn't. Somebody that didn't resonate with, somebody that didn't resonate with who I really was. And it got uncomfortable, and it wasn't fun, and it always ended up in drama, and he said, she said, nah, da, 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 da. So I learned from a very young age I learned from a very young age just be yourself. Do what makes you happy. Be the person you want to be. And people might not agree with that, but that's okay. Don't be afraid to be the person that's made fun of. Don't be afraid to be the person that fails because through failure, what people don't realize is you're forging a life stronger than most because you're doing the things they won't do. You know, you need to chase the dream. Whatever it is, a thing, a, you know, an idea, a concept, a hobby... Ask yourself the hard questions that nobody wants to address. 
when you're restless at night because you know you could have done more, you were meant for more, you felt like you felt like things were different for some weird reason. Get up and do something with that time. You're just laying there doing nothing. Get up, turn on a you know, a motivation documentary. Read a book. Get up, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, do something to put yourself one step closer to being the person who you actually want to be. Do some soul-searching to figure out who that is, what that person looks like, who you're chasing, the, the version of you 10 years from now. You know, Ed Milet has a saying that he is trying to become the embodiment of who he thinks he's going to be introduced to when he goes to heaven. He thinks that when he goes to heaven, Jesus is going to walk up and say, Hey man, I want you to know, this is who your potential was. And Ed will tell you that he lives every day because he wants to, he wants to meet an exact replica of himself. Not a complete stranger. Now whether you believe in God or not, the universe, whatever, every human was born with infinite potential and it has become cool and it has become the thing to play the victim to instantaneously look for a reason to quit to fail because people gather on that misery loves company you know you had a hard day don't worry girl you know go home put your feet up drink a glass of wine you don't need to go to the gym today just take it easy they tell you they don't don't worry about going to the gym today because they know you're in the gym getting better than them. They'll never say that and they might not know that that's what they mean, but inherently subconsciously on a level down below they know that that is something they're not doing. See what people refuse to believe and understand and it has been taught out of us is that humans are animalistic. We are the apex predator. We are competitive by nature. Feast or famine, fight or flight. Fear is the most powerful emotion because we live in it constantly and it has become perpetually okay to live within that fear, not try and best that fear. People understand that by doing more, it makes you a target. You know, Tom Brady isn't the most perplexing, polarizing character in the NFL because he's the worst quarterback. He's the GOAT. Any quarterback ever to ever touch a football field will try and live to the standard to break the legend that is what Tom Brady is. Dell Earnhardt. I don't even know who to consider to be the best baseball player of all time, but let's call home run records being Babe Ruth, right? One of the greatest hitters of all time. The great Gambino. Michael Jordan in basketball. Right now... It's a really hard conversation to not consider Lewis Hamilton the greatest F1 driver of all time. Sure, things change and conditions are a little bit different, but the greatest of the great are the pinnacle. But I promise you, 99% of the time, they've worked the hardest. They've went through the trials. They've went through the tribulations and the pain that nobody else wants to go through. No one else is willing to go through. Therefore, no one else will be able to achieve the success, the idea, the legendary titan status that these men have. Maybe they just put the work in at the right time to breed the successful opportunity of luck that meets when preparation and opportunity happen. Michael Jordan shot 3,000 free throws. 
to be able to hit that one with his eyes closed to just barrage. Imagine game seven, game on the line. Just everything. And Michael Jordan struts up to the free throw line. Nothing but net. Eyes closed. Imagine what that does to a mental state. The opponent was destroyed from that point forward. Michael Jordan would walk into a locker room before the game and destroy his opponent's mental. Tim Grover is the man who helped Michael Jordan become Michael Jordan. Tim Grover talks about a lot of different things in his books, and I'm, I'm not going to dive into that. I'm not going to take away from the magic that is Tim Grover. But you need to go read the books Winning and Relentless. You know, what you need to learn how to do is step out of the normalcy of society and break the mold. Be brave enough to chance it and never have to ask yourself, what if I did this? What if I did that? What's it going to hurt? You're already miserable. You already aren't the best version of yourself. So what is one more step in the right direction? What is one more opportunity that you could try and seize? Like I said, the problem with today is that people have lived a life trying to be who they think others want them to be and do things that others think are best for them, even if they know it's not best for themselves. And what this does is it breeds adults who turn around and cope and comply with the societal norms that perpetuated into victimhood culture and and the idea of being happy with less. It's a plan. It's an agenda. They're actively trying to breed out what the American dream is supposed to be and it's, it's the simple human obligation of you were given life. It's a one in 400 billion chance happening that you're here so if you're listening to this your life has purpose what it is i don't know but your potential is infinite could you be the next zuckerberg possibly could you be the next bezos maybe nothing is stopping you but you Nothing is stopping somebody from picking up a microphone and becoming the next person with a podcast. If you have an experience in your life that can bring it value to someone else in any way, whether it stops them from having to experience something or giving them the experience of something they'd never have, a thought, a feeling, an emotion, an experience, an opportunity, if you can describe it, if you could save somebody five minutes off of ten minutes, If you can keep them from putting their hand to that fire to get burned, it's worth it. If you think it's cool, chances are there's 20 other people out there who think it's cool. And 20 people who think that, they think it's cool, so they think it's cool. You're one phone call from your life being forever different. But you're too scared to pick up a microphone and start talking about what makes you different than every other Tom, Dick, and Harry in the world. You're too busy worried about what Petty Joe down the street is going to think if you're out there trying to invent a new lawnmower. Or whatever the hell it might be. If you're trying to bring value to the world, for some reason people are worried about what other people think. There's a powerful saying that says you'll only be judged by someone who's doing less than you. Never by someone who's doing more. 
Are you the Ford Pinto of the world? Maybe, and that's fine. Ford Pinto was one of Ford's best-selling vehicles. But you know what the Ford Pinto wasn't? A Ferrari. A Lamborghini. A Ford GT. You know why? Because the people that are watching TV typically don't afford those things. That's why Ferrari, Lamborghini, and high-end hypercar, supercar vendors don't make commercials. You not once have ever seen a commercial for a Ford GT. You've never seen a commercial for a Ferrari, Lamborghini, Koenigsegg, Bugatti, Pagani. Might be saying words you've never even heard before. Have you ever seen a Jacob & Co. commercial? Richard Mill, Patek Philippe, top three watches in the world right now. They don't spend time creating content for people who are busy wasting their lives, rotting their brains watching TV, trying to escape from the reality of the life that they've built, that they're unhappy with. And I'm sitting here begging with you and pleading with you to stand up and fight for the life that you actually deserve. You deserve to fight for that life. You deserve to have it. You just won't go get it. No one's going to give it to you. You were given the opportunity the day you were born, especially if you're in America. Half my viewing right now is overseas. So the people people that are listening to this in the Netherlands, in India, in China, Belgium, Germany, France, Italy, you guys that are listening to this, reach out to me and tell me your stories. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, All of it is my name, at Chance Canary. I would love to interact with you guys. Because every person that I've ever met from another country that has come to America, it's because it is the land of opportunity. They wake up and they dream about what we have as a birthright. And most people piss it away because they're just caught up in this self-pity, just torturous nightmare that is their existence, and they play victim instead of putting their foot down and saying, this is enough. This is who I want to be. This is the life I want for me. You know, don't be afraid to be the weirdo in the room. Try that crazy thing. Be the person that makes everyone else laugh. Either with them or at them. Not because you're entertaining. But don't be afraid to make people laugh at you because you're going through change. You're trying to be different. It's going to be embarrassing as hell. You're going to fail. But the reason they're laughing, it's not actually at you. It's because laughing is keeping them from crying. Because they realize on a subconscious level, in their animalistic reptile brain depending on how what you believe, that they're watching evolution. They're watching greatness in process. They're watching a titan be forged through failure after failure, forevermore strengthening their weaknesses become strengths. Because just beyond crazy enough to attempt is to be too stupid to quit, which leads you to become the genius that everyone else quote-unquote wants to be. I wish I could do this. I wish I could be like that person. It must be nice to have that stuff.
Guys, it's not like people like me are just born this way. We're born too stupid to quit. I, I truthfully believe that there's something in my blood, in my chemistry, in my DNA that keeps me from stopping. That keeps my brain going. Even at night when I can't sleep, I'll wake up and start jotting stuff down. My brain never stops. I talked to a psychiatrist about it because I thought something was wrong. I thought I just couldn't be happy with where I was in life. And she told me that I have what's called neurodivergence. It's another fancy stigma of the attention deficit spectrum. But I refuse to cope into this complication of society where I just blindly comply with the normalcies. I see something automatically and go, hey, not that I'm not going to do it or do their thing, but it has to be understandably justified. Because I said so, quit being an excuse for me at about six. Made my parents test their patients a lot. I heard it a lot as a kid. All kids do. Hey, you don't need to know why. I told you to. And it wasn't because I was trying to be testy or I was trying to not do something. It was because I was genuinely curious. Like, hey, why do we do this? Maybe I'm trying to understand how and why. Don't be afraid to ask why. Don't be afraid to be curious because after about five or six years old, it starts getting taught out of us. The curiosity and creativity spectrum gets pulled out of children. And with it, their life gets drained from them. The magic and innocence of a child is taught away. And people don't want to understand that. People don't want to accept the fact that it's a parent's fault that their kid stops being creative. And it starts with, because I said so. Quit being the parent that says, because I said so? Sure, sometimes there's not enough time to explain X, Y, and Z. And they might not even be able to understand X, Y, and Z. But trying to try and explain the importance of, hey, this is why we do this. Now, when mommy or daddy tells you X, Y, Z, this is why. And just try and help them understand. Lead by example. I was talking to a, a guy on Instagram tonight, a man that, I've I've chatted with quite a bit. You know, I was I was his name's James Bodwin. I hope I didn't murder that. James, if you're hearing this man, I appreciate your example that you're living by. And um we were chatting about a couple of things and he said, you know, his 13-year-old is already talking about wanting to be an entrepreneur and he's hoping he can show him you know how to live that process and I told him I said, "Bro, you're living the example." And this goes for every parent. Be the example of what you hope your children to be. Don't expect them to be the next Mozart if you're not willing to play a little music yourself. The next Picasso if you're not willing to make an embarrassing drawing also. You know, they're not going to be interested in mechanics if they don't see you tinkering. I damn sure would have never got into carpentry, woodwork, fabrication, or anything if I never had to help my dad build stuff. Kids want to be their parents. It's the first thing they're taught. They want to be the example. And I don't care who you are. I don't know a single man whose father isn't their hero. My dad is mine. All I've ever known I wanted to be was a father in my life. Because as a child, I was cognizant 
of watching my dad be a father to me. Did I have everything always? No. My parents couldn't give me everything, but what they did is they set the standard and led with the example of giving it their all. Understand what I just said. They didn't have everything to give, but they gave us their all. Which is why I think it is bred into me to give my all. I don't know how to quit, and I'm too dumb to even think about trying. Which is why I'm able to be someone who gets told things like, is there something this guy cannot do? The answer is no. No, there's nothing that I cannot do. And even if it's something I don't know how to do yet, and you ask me if I can do this, I'm going to say yes, and then I'm going to figure it out. And because I am who I am, I'm going to be one of the best at doing it, because if I can't be, I won't. I know when to pay somebody and get out of the way. I know when to say, hey, that ain't my cup of tea. But this, this guy right here, that's my boy. I've surrounded myself with the right people who strengthen my weaknesses. I'm approaching a time in my life where working on certain weaknesses isn't a waste of my time, but a better investment of my time is to trust the people who already fill those voids and allow me to do what I'm good at better. That doesn't mean I'm not going to work on them, but when it counts, when I have to meet a deadline, when there's something riding on me, I make sure my team is able to support me. I make sure I have the right people around me to help me be the best version of myself, not only for myself, but for everyone else. My loved ones, my team, my family, my anybody that's around me that I allow in my circle to influence my life, that I allow to debit from my accounts or deposit into my accounts. Because I was born this way, I live to a standard of trying to be an example, to try and fill their cups daily. But I had to be selfish and fill my cup first. I had to be selfish and build high-value skills and learn high-value trades to be able to to pour that knowledge into other people. And it led me to examples in life where I got to do high-value experiences. I can talk about things that I did because I did things no one else would do. Not because they couldn't, but because they chose not to. I have people all the time, man, we never see you out anymore. You never go to the bars. You never do this. You never do that. And to kind of jab back because I know what they're really saying, I'm like, well, I don't ever see you guys at the gym or at the bank. I don't ever see you guys at the bookstore. Why aren't you guys in the places trying to better yourselves if you're worried about me not being in the place trying to enjoy my best self? I'm going to always talk about the situation of building a life you don't have to escape from. There's nothing wrong with going out and having a good time. But if that's who you are, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, week after week, year after year, while you're in the bar spending hundreds of thousands of dollars over a lifetime, I'm creating value in my life. Hundreds and thousands of dollars at a time. Not being in the bar. I can take a day here and a day there and a week here and a week there. But I'm not doing it week after week, year after year. I'm investing in me day after day, month after month, to be who I want year after year for a lifetime from now. And I would suggest you guys do the same. So if there's a skill, if there's a trade, if there's a hobby, 
a concept, an idea, something you think you could bring to the world that is of value. Talk about it and be about it. Live that example. If you're a parent, don't expect society to raise your children. Be the example of who you want them to be. The potential that you see for that child, be that example. Because that's who they're going to try and be. They're going to try and emulate their life off of mom and dad. And when they realize mom and dad aren't the example of what's cool, of what's right, of what's best, they're going to look elsewhere. And what else is in the world right now? Because I promise you, it's not good. They might get lucky and have an, you know, another example in their life of, of greatness of what to strive for. Kids admire athletes so much because those athletes broke the stigma and they're living a dream. When did we start giving up on ours? And I say we as a, as a group of people. This isn't easy for me. It's 12.30 in the morning right now. My fiance is asleep in bed and I'm out here talking to a computer. Now, granted, I just got done working. I'm literally waiting on paint to dry. But this shit ain't easy, guys. It's an investment. It takes time out of my life that I have to plan for. And a lot of times, I'm talking to myself. I'm giving myself a lesson to say, hey, Chance, here's what's going on. This whole thing got brought about because I was journaling. Now, I've been planning this for over two years i spent six months two years ago trying to learn how to build this idea this concept of what i wanted this podcast to be and then i spent the last 18 months of my life talking myself out of doing this because i wanted it to be of a standard that was completely unrealistic and then a little over a week and a half ago almost two weeks ago I was sitting here journaling, reflecting on my day, and I couldn't quite catch the emotion no matter how I wrote it. So I started doing voice memos in my phone, and the voice memo app was cutting me off right when I wanted, like right when I was getting to the juice of the emotion. And it did it three, four, five times, and finally I just got pissed off, and I downloaded an app, and I started talking to my phone, and it became episode one of my podcast. And that's when Chances launched. Because I knew if I didn't do it then, I wouldn't be sitting here now. I wouldn't be living the example of do not be afraid to go out and be a beacon for what can be better. What can be done. How to live the American dream. How to set a higher standard and be the example that other people could aspire to be. How to teach young people to avoid certain fires. Now, I'm still young. But there's a younger generation that I'm trying to be the example I wish I would have had between 18 and 25. I was lucky enough to to start surrounding myself around the right people about 23. And over the last seven years of my life, I flipped my world upside down. I am unrecognizable from who I was 10 years ago. Tens of thousands of dollars in debt. No idea of which way was up, where to go, what to do, what example. Like, I was, I was running around in circles, working a dead-end job, $10 an hour with no future. 
to now I have a business that has grown 100% year over year over year. I have other business ventures that I'm involved in that are successful in their own right. My life is unrecognizable, not because it was handed to me, but because I put foot to ass. I chased a dream and I refused to be the same as everybody else. I aspired to be different. I looked adversity in his face and I had courage. That does not mean that I wasn't scared. Guys, I I was shitting myself every step of the way. My voice shook in the face of fear, but I stood and I fought for the life that I wanted and now I am living a dream. I've built a life that I do not have to escape from. I enjoy what I do. I thoroughly enjoy sitting here and yelling at a microphone. Because hopefully there's an 18, 20, 22, 24, 25-year-old version of me looking for the information that I wish I would have had. An example of what not to do more than do this this way. I don't want anybody to try and be like me. I want them to genuinely be themselves. But if learning an experience from who I am helps them be more of themselves or avoid something in their line... Every bit of this was worth it. I don't care if I ever get another view. I don't care if I ever get a penny out of this podcast. I'm not after it for fame or fortune or none of it. If it happens, great. My plan is to try and give as much of it away as possible. Because if it is blessed to me, I will bless thee. I go to bed every night and I think, my God, universe, whatever you guys want to believe, the higher power. I know what I believe, but I'm thankful vocally for the life that I have, the life I get to enjoy. It's a privilege, but I fought for this privilege, and that's all I'm asking you guys to do is fight because there are people who would die to live your worst day. There are people who would kill to live your worst day. That's why people fight and die and kill and strive to get here because it is the only choice. Only in America can you do what you can do here. It's not always good, rainbows, butterflies, unicorns, and whatever else. But I truthfully believe we are the greatest country on earth. I truthfully believe that you can only do what you can do here, here. And that's where if you can get here, You can live here and you can be here. You can have the opportunity to be the best of the best. You have the resources by just being here. And if you don't have the resources, you have the opportunity to get resourceful. Just by being here. Just by being present. If only you're willing to take a chance and be different. So you never have to ask yourself, what if? I know people that have lost it all and got it all back because you cannot take away experience for a chance of opportunity. So don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to chase a dream. Don't be afraid to take a chance. <laughs>